Yeah, thank you so much for being in the vision with us to relentlessly love Jesus, his church, and the hurting people of the world. Can you give yourselves a hand? Come on, I'm so proud of you guys. If it's your first time with us, today is the greatest service you could ever come to. I, I promise you, it's the greatest service you could ever come to. Because as a person who's visiting, you need to know what type of church this is and what God has done and what he's doing in our midst. And today is a day of what we call Vision Sunday. It's where we celebrate all that God did in 2018 and we look to what God wants to do in 2019. Today is a prophetic day. Well, I'll speak into you what God is saying for 2019, the prophetic word that he gave me. And I'm going to speak it over you. And then we're going to cultivate our attention, our affections over that word and move forward into 2019. But before we do, would you do me a favor and pull out this little uh, handout that you got when you walked in and uh, get it get it in your hand. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. And some of our leaders, I think, are ready to hand some out. We got a sweet lady in the back. And so each and every couple of folks here slipped in. Uh, we're going to go through this. This is, um, this is our 28, 2018 annual review. Now, what I love about Church on the Hill and our leadership is that our leadership is committed to being full of accountability on what God has done, what he's doing, and the miracles that he's been producing in our midst, but also accountable on how we went about accomplishing those tasks, how we, how we walked with the Lord as he gave us vision and direction. And this little handout will kind of give you insight as to what we did and how we did it. So if you will, open the first page, and inside the first page, you'll see a little financial report from 2018. And Church on the Hill, I would like to announce that our total income, tithe base, uh, all of the gifts and so forth came to 1.46 million dollars come on give yourselves a hand for being great givers to the lord i'm so proud of that we gave in tithe and offerings we gave 1.3 and some change there i appreciate the person who gave 98 cents last year good job thank you so much and then uh we did a special offering you'll see that right there a special offering of eleven thousand dollars can i just pause for a second and tell you what that was that eleven thousand dollars we had a guest minister come for three four days and and impact us minister to us and put into our DNA an understanding and maturity out of the Holy Scriptures on God's heart for those who are struggling with their sexuality, those who are going through a difficulty with, uh, with just perversion, those of us that struggle with pornography, those of us that struggle with same-sex attraction, those of us that have difficulty, uh, you know, being committed in relationships. And, and what a, Cy Rogers, what a great gift from the Lord. I want you to give him a hand. And so you guys said we want to invest into his ministry, and you, t and you gave offerings to the tune of $11,000. That's, that's, that's the greatest gift we've ever given someone in the history of our church, and I'm just so proud of you. And what that says to me is we understand what our generation is going through. We recognize the pain and the suffering that has, that has come upon our nation. Uh, and, and I remember, I, I'm old enough to remember when the World Wide Web came online, and I remember when the porn industry and everyone said, here's our chance to get children addicted to our product. I remember watching an interview with the, uh, with the head of the uh, National Porn Association. Didn't know there was a head of a National Porn Association. And when, and when iPhones and those things became popular and you could have right there in the palm of your hand, you could have internet and you could see all kinds of things that, you, that, that were out there on the internet. And I'll never forget him saying, we're so excited for the, for the mobile devices because now our industry can go into the, into the hands of every person on the planet. Before, a, a man, typically men over 40, would try to come to our little places and, uh, and they feel a little embarrassed, but now they don't have to feel that way. In fact, we can go after a younger audience. And I'm so grateful 
that you, Church on the Hill, recognize the pain and suffering that's going on in our nation, and we brought in an expert to help tra- train us and teach us, and it was a great weekend, and thank you for that special gift towards him. Also, our resource centers and the other income pieces came to about 78000 and now I want to give you kind of the, where we spent that money, just so you can see where the leadership, you'll see the pie chart there. So first and foremost, you'll see it, 28% staff salaries, and uh, that is a miracle number. Uh, if you'll do your research, you'll note, you'll note that most, the average churches in America spend 50% of the tithes and offering on staff salaries, on, uh, on staffing. Uh, if you are a business owner and you go back and you look at your books, you're probably spending somewhere between 50 and 70% on staffing because you got to get the job done and you got to have people to do the job. And I'm here to testify to you today that we only spent 28%. And the reason that is, is because our church model what we believe is supposed to happen is that every member is a minister, that every leader is a servant. Come on, somebody. That every one of us pull our load for the body of believers. And so I'm so proud. We only have six full-time staff, and the rest of us are stipend and part-time pay, and there are people who work two and three jobs and then also serve in their church and get a little something here or there. And I just want you, if if you get uh, uh, any kind of income from the church, would you just stand for me around the room? If you're stipend, any of you guys are in that's because they're all out serving your kids. Can we give them a hand? I love these guys so much. They work hard for you, and they give everything they got, and many of them are just, it's just gas money for some of them. This is their second and third job that they do, and so I'm just proud of that, and I'm so proud of those leaders. You'll see that we spent 24% of the tithes and offerings on operations, the mortgage on this building, electricity, all the little goldfish that your kids are sucking up back there, all those little pieces we spent about 24%, uh, you know, taking out the garbage guys, coming and picking up the garbage. All those have expenditures, you know, getting the carpets clean, things like that. Uh, We put 17% in savings. Can you give your church leadership a hand? 17% church. Now, there's a principle involved here. Some of you aren't good with your finances, but let me just teach you a principle. We give, you'll see further down, you'll see 10% that we give to missions. Every person, we believe, should give 10% of their income, as we see in Scripture, to their local church. The local church, Church on the Hill, we give 10% to missions. And then we believe that you should put at least 10%, according to Dave Ramsey, into savings. And that way, when you want to go on a big, nice vacation, it's in the savings pot. If you need to buy a new car, you got money out of the savings to go make those things happen. And then, therefore, you just budget your income on 80%. We live on that 80%. But we actually put 17% in savings. And the reason why is because more giving happened. And when we set our budget in 20, for 2018, when we were at the end of 2017 and we set our budget, we didn't set our budget on how much you might give, how much might happen. We set our budget at a percentage that we know is what we came in at. We set our budget on what was 90% of what came in in 2017. So when we have an increase, we got to put it somewhere and we put it in savings and we put it in expansion. And you'll see that next piece right there. We put 13% on a new campus. Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? And that is us reaching into the community because here's our belief in that. We don't want, we could do a couple things. We could build a bigger building here. We could expand this this property. Uh, we've got enough acreage to make bigger parking lots, bigger kids area. All those things are starting to fill the crunch because God is adding to our number daily, those which are being saved, as we see in the book of Acts. Or we can do what Jesus did. 
And that is go to every community we can and put a mark for Jesus right there, a church on the hill right there in every community we can get into. And so this Mansfield piece is kind of our first big step in that. And we're so excited about the vision of this house. And that is to put a campus in every area in the Metroplex that they'll let us. Come on, somebody. And so guess who's going to be pastoring those and leading worship for those and overseeing kids ministry? Ooh, look at you getting nervous. Each and every one of us as God uses us to expand. You'll see them with 10% went to missions and, uh, and and you, you, you know, as we gave to missions, that uh, had great impact. And then ministries and outreaches at 5%. I'm so excited about that number 5%. Uh, and the reason that is, is because we touched a lot of people this year, and we didn't have to spend a bunch of money to do it. You know why? Because you don't have to get, hand out uh, iPads to get people to know Jesus. Come on, somebody. All you got to do is show them the love of Christ, and that's what you've been doing. And so we didn't have to spend a bunch of money on hot dogs and baiting them in. If you eat this hot dog, we'll give you free hot dog to come to church. We'll give you free iPads. Hallelujah. We're giving a fr- brand, new, uh, uh, brand new car away if you'll please come to church. We didn't have to do all that. Why? Because you and I are just out there loving our neighbors and seeing them come to Christ. Isn't that good? Say yes. So I'm excited about that 5%. And then uh, facility improvements, we spent only 3%. This year, coming into uh, 2019, uh, we're going to do a little bit more improvements to this facility because it's a little older, and we've just been slapping paint on a pig, and it's looking better and better, but we got a little bit more that we wanna, we're we going to have to do, so it'll be really nice. We had, If you look down here in the middle section on that left side of that page, 2017, uh, our income, our tithe base was 1.1%. 2018 was 1.3, so that's a 20% increase. Can you give yourselves a hand for that? Can you just say thank you, Jesus? What that means is God gave you raises and bonuses, and he increased your personal income so you could tithe more. And that's how good God is, and that's how he takes care of you, and he takes care of the movement of God, his, his presence here in the local church. And then the big piece I'm so excited about, if you look over to the right top of the page, you'll see that we saw over 800 people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Come on, give the Lord a hand for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I remember a time in the history of this church where we were small and trying to get up and going, and no one was giving their lives to Christ. We were trying so hard to get people to understand how much he loved them, and it just just wasn't happening. And so for me, this number is supernatural. Through our services, through our outreaches, I just can't believe that God would use us to that level, to see people come to know him as their Lord and Savior. And so thank you for being the kind of people who love your neighbor, who reach out to your co-worker and say, you need to know Jesus. Come come experience God with us. So that you, you that, that is your number. That's you as a church. We brought those people in. And then you'll notice this next little number that's real important to me is we had 464 engage in a life-giving small group. Thank you so much. Come on, give yourselves a hand for that. We have about 464 of you that are committed. If you're committed to a life-giving small group, would you just lift your hand across the room? Look at this right here. Thank you so much. And these folks right here are some of the greatest people on the planet. If you weren't able to lift your hand, you don't have to feel shamed by that. We want to get you connected with friends. We want you to know Christian friends that, that, that you can do life with, somebody that knows your name, somebody that cares that you maybe are sick right now and aren't able to come to church right now. Do you have a relationship like that? And, and you say, well, I, well, the pastors should know. There's no way I can know everybody. There's There's no way I can know whether or not you got the flu this week or not. You need Christians in your life. Friend, can I say, some some of you men especially, some of your biggest problem in not serving God and struggling with temptation has less to do about, you know, the personal temptation and more to do with the guys you hang out with. The people that you, that you do life with. The people that you don't engage with. I tell you, the greatest thing ever happened to me was I got some bros in my life, some other Christian friends, and, uh, and, and I'm telling you, they would kick my butt whenever I was being meeting to Miss Jamie. They were like, hey, can we talk to you? What's wrong with you? I'm like, what? I'm like, that was rude. All right, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
But you've got to have people in your life to even know to do that. And if you're too pride and arrogant to let that happen, then you know what? It causes you not to grow. So I'm so excited about that 464. So that's about a third of our church are connected in life-giving small groups. And we're believing for the other two-thirds to come on in. Uh, here's another beautiful number. If you look in the top right, we saw 46 folks water baptized. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's rejoice together. 46. Do you know that 90% of churches last year did not baptize one person? How about that? Wow, that's kind of sad. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a, of a thriving, life-giving church. And then here's the next stat that was so cool. 33 baby dedications last year. Y'all are making some babies out there. We are dedicating some babies. I'm telling you. And they are so precious and so wonderful. It's just been so cool. And then here's the next cool number. You see that one? 306 of you served as a volunteer on one of our serve teams. If you serve on a serve team, whether it be, you know, SLT, cafe, kids ministry, would you just stand for a moment? If you serve on any kind of serve team, would you just stand? It, 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 listen, can you give these guys a hand? Thank you so much. You are the heartbeat of our church. You're the backbone of our services. Thank you so much. So see the rest of you, we got to get you on a serve team. You say, how do I go about doing that? Well, if you'll go on through our app and you'll say, I'm interested in a serve team, they'll help connect you. And then <clears throat> here's, here's the next big piece that I'm so excited about, and that's our grow track. So in the middle of last year, the Lord had been pushing on me to make some changes. And to actually, uh, people were coming up to me and like, so I love the church, how, how do I join the church? And I was like, uh, um, be faithful, you know. I grew up in a place where you didn't really join the church because we are the church. And so, but, but we needed a, a clear pathway for you to connect more, for you to get in the vision of the house, so you even know what the vision was. And so, uh, and so we, 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 we stole it from a couple other good churches in the nation, and we call it the Grow Track. It's four parts. I'm asking each and every member of the church, any, everybody who's ever attended Church on the Hill, to give me four weeks of your life. It's a Sunday night for an hour and 15 minutes, and I, I, actually it starts tonight. It's every month, one, two, three, four. Start over the next month, one, two, three, four. Four classes that are magnificent. You'll learn, you'll find your purpose, you'll help, you'll help to see where you fit in this body of believers, get on the team with us, it's unbelievable, you'll hear the vision of the church and, real, and, and help make a decision whether you want to keep making this your church or go find some other place. And so 370 of you uh, attended the Grow Track, and 171 of you actually finished and graduated la last year, can, last semester, and something real special that I want to give, I want to give attention to, uh, 70 plus of you or so, uh, you went to the Grow Track and graduated for the months of October and November, and today we want to celebrate your graduation. So if you went through it, uh, the Grow Track and, and finished it in the month of October or November, would you stand up and we want to clap for you, and we want put your names on the screen so let's play those play their names quickly yeah good job guys so proud of you october november there you go scroll their names Brittany groom kaylee chad hugs so proud come on give them another hand thank you so much for going through your names on the big screen hannah tapper james Tepet. i'm so proud of you guys and i want you to know that god will bless every one of those efforts and honor we honor you today and thank you ronald irving look at i love how they put it s's at the end why would they do that she put s's at the beginning right just messing with you thank you so much each and every one of you now if you'll keep looking here you'll see that our ministries are over to the bottom left, and I'm so proud of our ministries and, uh, and what God has done there. With the kids' ministry, we have about 250 kids in our kids' ministries. That is a lot of kids over there. I'm going to just tell you right now. That is a lot of babies happening over there, and I want you to know that when you go over there, what I love about the kids' ministry when I walk through sometimes is they don't know prejudice. 
So when Dr. King said he dreamed of, a, of an era where little white babies and little black babies, little Hispanic babies would play in the sea of unity, we're seeing it right here, right next to, right in these areas. So beautiful. They don't know. Now, they may take a toy from each other and hit them upside the head, but they don't know prejudice, and, I, and that's because their parents are good people. And I appreciate you, and I, and I love you, and I'm so proud of our folks who serve over there. And, and let me just lay this out for you, too. All the people who serve on the serve team, they're not professional kids ministers. They're, they're not professional cafe folks. They just said, you know what, I'll take a Sunday and I'll serve. And so when you're rude to them, you just need to understand you're rude to someone who's just doing their best. They're just like you. They're just a member of the church, and they just said yes to help a little bit so that you could be in service and your kids be, could be cared for so that so someone could help you find a parking spot when you're coming in mad at your wife and you're about to run over everybody doing 90 miles an hour into the parking lot, and they smile at you a little bit. That's a sacrifice for them, too. They're not professional paid parking lot people. That's us being the church. Amen. And so I'm just so proud of each and every one of you and the way you serve and who you are and what we are. And then, and then you'll notice uh, also, uh, what, can I just share this about our kids ministry? This year, they asked your kids to bring an offering. And, uh, and, and they always do this boy-girl competition. And they brought in $800 so that they could give it to the Navajo Nation Indian Reservation children who don't have toys over Christmas time and the holidays. Your kids did that. That's our kids ministry. I'm so proud of them. And then our young people, we call it Ezekiel Project because there's a passage of Scripture when God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? He says, only you know, God. And in a moment, God took what was dead and brought it back to life. And our youth pastors say that a generation that they call dead and not going anywhere, that God's bringing them back to life and that our, the young people of the nation are going to change the world. And we see that in our young people. So it's a prophecy over them. We call them the Ezekiel Project or EP as we call it. And uh, they have an average of about 75 students every Wednesday night. And can I just rejoice with them a little bit? They saw 150 young people come to know Jesus Christ in 2018. That's huge, man. Loving in the schools, serving. And then our young adults. You know, our whole church is young adults, but we, we set aside some time for uh, those that maybe are, are single young adults or young married couple young adults that just kind of time to get together. And they get together on a weekly basis, and they have services. They go take over restaurants. We have about 40 or so that are average attendance in that. And they've got 10 small groups just themselves for young adults. Can we give them a hand? Come on. Most churches... The moment that the young person turns 18, they, they leave the church. And what I love about our church is that folks that are in their 20s are flocking to us. Why? Because we're multi-generational. We're multi-racial. We're going to be a church that reaches all communities. Are you with me? Say yes. So good. And then small groups, you know, you saw that a little bit in the video. We have 55 small groups that are thriving. And I want to give the small group leadership team a hand. And they have been so good. Can we clap for them? Mimi and Pop, I love you so much. I'm so proud of Jack and Nicole and everyone of the network pastors. They are the people that are really pastoring this church and caring for you and ministering to you. And they are just, they're, they're, the, they're the bedrock of who Church on the Hill is. And then our missions impact. You'll see here on the bottom right pot, uh, side of the page, our mission impact where we, uh, <coughs> where we saw just so many great things happen. Sorry, I'm supposed, yeah, we saw 17 full-time missionaries and ministry organizations that we supported this year. So we're touching the world and you'll see some of them listed in the United States, the UK, Mexico, Syria, Iraq, and 
and some of those other places. In fact, can I just, one of the missions groups that we support, uh, Pastor Chris and Donna Hart's son is uh, one of the leaders in, in, uh, in uh, World Compassion, and we support them monthly, and they are rock stars. In fact, they are going where the gospel, where, they call it where countries that are hostile to the gospel. They sent us a little video thanking us for supporting them this year. Would you watch this for a couple of seconds, and I think it'll bless you. Hey, Church on the Hill, this is Jason with World Compassion. Just wanted to say a big thank you for your incredible generosity and helping us take the message of Jesus to nations that are hostile to the gospel. It's been an incredible year. In Iran, we've helped deliver over 39,000 Bibles throughout the underground church in Iran. But it's not just about the Bibles. It's about the relationships that take place. Every time a Bible is hand-delivered, there's a relationship with a new believer to a person from a local church, helping them connect them to a new body. Over in Iraq, we helped start a safe house for Yazidi women who were former sex slaves to ISIS soldiers. We had 15 ladies go through that safe house, three children received trauma counseling, rehabilitation. Four of those ladies are now in Canada starting a new life. In China, they have been experiencing the worst persecution since the 1970s. In the middle of all that, we have added 1,500 new students to our discipleship, our leadership, and missions training curriculum in 49 different cities in 16 different provinces and held one of the best leadership conferences we've had in that country. In the country of Myanmar, we helped a local pastor finish a brand new church building in northern Myanmar. It is literally the nicest building in the entire city. People are flocking to it, giving them great influence in their community. We also hosted one of our best leadership conferences in the country of Myanmar this year as well. None of this work could we do without you guys. I want to remind you that you're making an incredible impact right where you are, but you're also helping to reach countries that are hostile to the gospel with world compassion, and you're making an impact in the ends of the earth. We love you guys. We couldn't do this work without you. Thank you so much for your love and trust that your partnership represents. We love you guys. We hope to see you soon. Come on, give yourselves a hand for support. That's frontline missionaries there, man. And we're supporting so many great missionaries around the world. I'm just so proud of it. And, and we have a real missions vision here at Church on the Hill. And uh, this last year, 63 of you went on short-term missions trips with us. And I'm so proud of you. And this year, I want to see that double to over 100 in Jesus' name. And so I know some of you are interested in November. The holidays got you kind of off. Like, yeah, I was going to do a missions trip this year. I don't know if I'm going to or not. And what I want you to do is I want you to refresh your commitment to that. It will change you. It will change your children. It will change your impact on the planet for you to just take a moment of your year and go for about a week and go love on some folks at the Navajo Nation, Mexico. Go take a trip with us uh, to Guatemala. We've got a new missions group that we're hooking up with for Guatemala. It's going to be magnificent. Just go see the miracles of God in other people's lives. It'll change you forever. Go by our mission station as you go out uh, in the foyer. Miss Erica's there waiting for you. If you thought about doing a missions trip with us, taking your family and maybe the holidays got you a little bit like, oh, I forgot about doing that. I didn't really get the money together. Go by. Let's talk it out. Let's find a way and let's do great things for Jesus together. Are you with me? Say yes. And then community outreach. You need to know how much we do in the community because sometimes you forget. And we had, we did a miracle weekend. We do it every year. It's our staple piece where we just serve the community of Cedar Hill. We spend thousands of dollars and we drop 30,000 Easter eggs out of a helicopter. And, uh, and well, we dropped thousands out of the helicopter and the rest are already on the ground because we would kill people with 30,000. 
thousand coming out of the helicopter, and uh, and then we just provide a uh, we just provide a time for um, kids to have a free Easter egg hunt of Cedar Hill. It is we partner with the city. It's magnificent. We had over three thousand people this last year. It is one of the most fun things we do. All we are doing is loving on the community. We're not out there handing out tracks, but we do hand them an invitation. We call it Miracle Weekend because that's the weekend that Jesus Christ died and resurrected, which is the greatest miracle in the history of humanity. Not that he died, but that he resurrected. Nobody else can claim that. Come on, somebody. He is the greatest miracle. And so we call it Miracle Weekend, and we're out there just trying to be a little miracle for some of those kids and their families just so they could connect with someone nice and kind, someone who loves Jesus. And then we try to invite them over to our services uh, that next day on that Sunday. And some of them come, uh, but for the most part, it's just us loving the community. Uh, We do the same thing once a year with what we call our block party, where we just invite this entire neighborhood, the schools that we support. We have three schools that we support, Bray Elementary. We're behind Bray Elementary. We're, we're kind of their, 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 their church that prays for them. And, and if they have any needs, big needs, they ask us to help. And we try to help the best we can, as well as the collegiate uh, high school and junior high school, which is here in High Point neighborhood. And we just bring the community out and we love on those teachers. We give them gifts and we just laugh and prayer, have a good time. Nobody preaches. No one gives, convicts the, the wicked people of the neighborhood. We just lay ourselves out to love our neighbors. And it is a fun time. You saw footage from it. And then this year, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Josiah and the team of uh, ministers that we have. And we have an outreach team. And Josiah is the head of that. We did 40 outreaches this year. Can you give yourselves a hand? And we do that. We go to your small group and we say, okay, what would you like to do as an outreach, a block party? What can we do? And then we took 20, that big MOV that we bought and, and produced all last year. We worked on it and, 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 and developed it. That big machine with the video games in it. We did 20 outreaches with it this year. And so it is getting the use that we said it would get. It's touching lives and being a great point of reference for people to go, wow, that church really cares for people. And then, of course, we did our national night out where we just, that's a, that's a nationwide time where the communities come together, and we went out there in small groups, and we loved on our community at our national night out, which was so fun. And then switching pieces here, we did facility projects here at Church on the Hill, which was so good. We cleaned up a few things. We reworked a couple of things. Uh, you might have saw the doors in the cafe. We just got those in. We reworked the small group commons because it was nasty and ugly, and it looks a little nicer. And I'm believing this year that we're going to put a front on the front of this building. When I drive up to this building, I feel like I'm looking at a pug. You know that dog that looks like it ran in the back of another dog? Yeah, that's what this building looks like. Needs a little front piece to it. Needs a little better place where you can get out in the rain and, uh, and, and maybe not get so soaked. So we're going to work towards some of those things. And then the next piece that we did that we're so happy to testify about is our Mansfield campus. Can we give the Lord a hand? And so next Sunday, they will do a, you know, kind of members-only opening service, get the bugs worked out. Remember, finish caulking that. Oh, we forgot how to turn that light on over there. Like, how do you turn that on? Like, where are the kids' ministry? Uh, where are those kids? Uh, we're going to get all those worked out. And then in February, we'll do our big grand opening where we invite the entire community out. So we're super excited and scared a little bit. It's going to be magnificent. And so God is doing so many great things. Next Sunday in Mansfield, they'll do a 9 a.m. service only for a few weeks, and then in February, we'll do the two service times just like we have at the Cedar Hill campus. And if you'll turn to the back of the page, whoo, so many great things. I want to now talk about what God is saying for 2019. And I promise you by the end of these next 10, 15 minutes that you will sense the presence of the Lord and his plan for mine in your life. The first thing that the Lord spoke to me about is that every member of Church on the Hill, but this year will become a Mark 16, 17 believer. You say, yes! You don't even know what that is. In Mark 16, 17, it says, 
and these signs shall follow those who believe. I'm asking the Lord to develop in you and me that we become the kind of Christians that these signs follow us. It continues on. It says, in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. They'll see supernatural movement in their life. And I'm believing that each and every one of us will be Mark 16, 17 Christians. He said, ooh, what does that mean? That means i got to read the Bible more. i got to pray more than I ever pray. No, that you just recognize who you already are. And you'll walk therein. It really is more simple than you think. Here's the next piece that I see that the Lord's going to give us, and that is over a 1,000 souls brought into the kingdom. Will you agree with me and say yes? Amen. And that we'll graduate over 500 people from the Grow Track. Would you say yes to that? And that vision, amen. That means you, you're going to go through it. Thank you. And that we're going to train and empower over 100 new leaders. We have 55, if you will, adult small groups. I don't know any other way to say that. But uh, we need about 155 right now for all the people who are coming to our church who just need someone that will actually connect with them and, and do life with them a little bit. And so we're about 100 leaders short from being able to really love our community and even hold the amount of people who show interest in the things of God here at Church on the Hill. Uh, then we want to increase our investment uh, our investment in our communities. We want to do more in the communities of Mansfield, more in the community of Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, Grand Prairie, Arlington, wherever God will let us. We want to do more in those communities and let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then here's a big bold piece that I feel like the Lord's saying to us, that we're going to expand our flu- influence to a third camp campus this year. So I don't know where it's going to be. I've been praying. I, I, I thought it was going to be Arlington for the longest time. And uh, we're just waiting for that door to open. It will be at some point. It may be Irving. It may be Grand Prairie. It may be your backyard. I don't know. But wherever it is, God has a plan for that. Now, I was in prayer and I want to move quickly for sake of time. I want to be gracious to you and get you out. Of course, the Cowboys already won, so we don't have to be in a hurry about anything. Thank, thank you, Jesus. I will say there was a moment last night I was mad. Right at the two-minute mark. That was crazy. But when I was before the Lord a couple weeks ago, I said, Lord, what do you have for Church on the Hill for 2019? The time of fasting and prayer. No one was there. It's just me and Jesus. Worship music is on. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word to you, for you. And I've written it down. I'd like to read it to you now. This is a prophetic message from the Lord to you, to us. He said, I am marking you in 2019 by my presence, says the Lord. I will go before you in ways that you have not yet to experience. In the fraction of a moment, I will download solutions to lingering problems. My presence will bring you comfort in the places you have abandoned in times past. My presence will give you strength to follow through. I will coach you from my mouth to your ears. In my presence, you will find the fullness of joy. In my presence, you will find the courage to be who I've called you to be. I will speak through you to heal the brokenness in others. I will move through you to set things right. When you lay your head down on your pillow, you will sense my protective covering. When you enter into a place of harm, you will sense my protective covering. In the moments of attack, you will see my right hand of deliverance. When you awaken in the morning, you will know that it is my hand reaching out to guide you through the day. It is time to come out from the place of criticism. It is time to come out from the place of comfort. It is time to boldly proclaim my presence on this earth. It is time to silence the excuses and simply trust my leading. Time is of the essence. So I'm calling you to embrace my ever-present help. You will sense my wisdom upon your decisions. You will hear my response to your questions. You will feel my courage pulsating through your veins as you seek me. You will feel my breath going into your lungs. And you will experience empowerment that of the book of Acts has never seen. I am the Lord your God, and I will be with you in 2019. Bless the Lord. Amen. The word I got simply put, was presence. 
presence, you will begin to know that God is with you. He's never left you before, but you didn't recognize his presence. I want to speak to you prophetically. But in 2019, you will feel his presence every moment of the day. You will know that he is there. There's a beautiful passage in the book of Psalms, chapter 89, 15 through 17. It says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They will rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exalt in your righteousness. They are, you are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord. You're going to begin to sense his presence like you've never sensed it before. In fact, the word that I got from the Lord, that he will be an ever-present help. Not just in time of need, but throughout every moment of your day. When I was in first and second grade, I went to a school where I was a minority. I was the only white kid in my class. And that first year, those first few weeks of school, we didn't call it bullying in those days. We just called it going to school. And, uh, and it just what it, it was what it was. And, of course, you know, I was pretty outgoing and ran my mouth a lot, so I probably got beat down as much because of my own stupidity as anybody else's. But I definitely was targeted and, and, uh, and got in a lot of fights those first couple weeks of first grade and into second grade. And, but not into second grade. But after a couple of weeks in first grade, <clears throat> I made a decision that I was going to make Jamal, excuse me, Jermaine, my best friend. Jermaine was the biggest black kid in the whole school in first grade. He was bigger than most third graders. And he liked him some Adam McCain, and I liked him. And so me and Jamal made a pact that we'd be best friends. And something shifted in my life in that moment. When I went out to the playground with Jamal standing next to me, shadowing over everyone else on the playground, things shifted. Kids that were bullying me all of a sudden stopped bullying me. In fact... I felt pretty confident to run my mouth now all of a sudden. Because I had Jermaine with me. And I'd never forget, I thought Jermaine had walked out with me one time and I started messing with a guy. And uh, because that guy had messed with me before I had Jermaine in my life. I started messing with that guy. And that guy started getting bold and crazy. Like he was about to hit me. And all of a sudden I realized Jermaine went to the bathroom. I don't feel his presence in my life right now. I'm in trouble. And I want you to know something. God's not going to the bathroom on you this year. He's going to be an ever-present help in time of trouble. And so, as we've rejoiced in all that God has done for 2018, I want to give you a vision for 2019 on how to cultivate his presence. Would you take a couple little quick notes before we leave today on how to cultivate his presence? I felt your yes and amen to the prophetic word over your life. That you will have his presence everywhere you go. The word that was spoken over us prophetically. I, I, I heard you say amen and the, so be it. So let me now teach you how to cultivate his presence. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I've, I've learned over the years and maybe this could help you a little bit. First, you have to recognize that he is always with you. That's a big deal. Matthew 28, 20 is the great commission passage. And he ends it by saying, surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And the reason why I want to bring this out as the first point on how to cultivate his presence is sometimes you and I think that God's not with us because we sinned yesterday. That God is the God, kind of God that the moment you don't do right, that he's like, I'm out because you sinned. You didn't do right. And friend, that's a false doctrine. We don't see that in Scripture at all. 
In fact, we find that when we call to him, he runs to us. That he disciplines those he, those he loves. So when we sin, yes, he's even closer than ever before because he's whooping us in that moment because he loves us. He doesn't run away from us. He doesn't abandon us. He runs to us. We don't see him abandon Adam and Eve in their sin. We see him come searching for them as they've hidden themselves from him in their sin. And he makes a way for them to continue to live even though they've put, they put death into their life as a result of their sin. And you have to understand that he's always with you. And the reason why this is so critical, because if you don't understand that, then you won't have confidence. But when you know that Jermaine is standing next to you all day long, you can walk through your life like, that don't hurt. That don't hurt. That ain't going to do anything to me. I'm going to overcome this. Why? Because Jesus is always with me, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Are you there? Say yes. He'll never leave you or forsake you is what the Holy Scripture says. You need to grasp that. You need to walk in that. You need to understand that you don't have to go get Jesus to come to you. He's already there. His same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit is living and abiding in you as a professing professing Christian. He is there nudging you, trying to get you to move and go this way and protecting you and watching out for you. You say, well, then how come bad things happen in my life? Because there's sin in the world and bad things just happen. It's just life. He didn't tell you that bad things wouldn't happen. He just said he'd pick you up and get you through those bad things, that he'd help you get through them. He told Paul, Paul said, you know, I wish you'd take this pain from me. He says, my grace is sufficient for you to go through the pain. I'm going to be there with you through it. Because why? Because my, my glory is perfected in the difficulty you're going through right now, Paul. That's what he tells him. This is the great man of God. Here's the second piece you need to understand about cultivating his presence, and that is you've got to learn to crucify the flesh. If you're going to cultivate his presence, the thing that that stands between me and God most of the time is not God. It's not even my sin. It's my flesh. It's the fact that I get so caught up in the things of this world and the things of my flesh, my sin nature, that it kind of pushes him away. He doesn't push himself away or remove himself. Our own flesh. That's why starting tomorrow, we're committing as a church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. So, oh, I didn't know about that. That's because you weren't here last Sunday. And so, and so what, that's a real simple thing. You don't, have to, you don't have to not eat for 21 days. That would be an amazing uh, weight loss program. But we'd also, you'd probably die And because so, you're not used to it. But what we are going to do is just commit ourselves to cut away the flesh. To just cut on that flesh a little bit. If the thing that, that you commit yourself to, you watch, you watch three or four hours of TV a, a, a night, I, I would challenge you, I challenge you to cut away some of that. Drop it down to an hour. You know what? We all don't miss a meal. I'm going to tell you that right now. So in Scripture, when they fasted, it primarily was food. They would fast. They would not eat for a day or a couple days or, uh, you know, even into, you know, seven-day type fast. We see all throughout Scripture. And what I would say to you, they even did Daniel fast, what we call a Daniel fast, where they didn't eat any choice meal, any choice food. They just went all vegan. And, I, and, and just, it was a commitment to God that we won't, that you know what, I'm going to cut away the things that I, that I enjoy so much that, that, that my appetites of my flesh seem to be addicted to. And that's what I want to challenge you to do for the next 21 days. For, for a lot of our young adults, they're going to cut out social media. It's the thing that they do all day long. They just, I got to see, what, I got to see if anybody responded to what I put out there. Oh, what's, what's, what's Jim doing? Oh, what's Jim doing? Oh, he doesn't love me yet. Okay, God, get it. You know, they're going to cut that out. And they'll do it for 21 days. It's amazing to see them, how wonderful our young adults become in those 21 days. It's amazing to see how you can actually have a conversation with them. It's magnificent. God will challenge you in whatever capacity for you, but it's in that cutting away of the flesh 
that you all of a sudden feel his presence. I've been fasting, and I'm just before the couple days here and there, and it's amazing. Just as I just have basically cut out food, and I'm just before the Lord, and that time where I normally would eat for an hour, I've just been sitting in his presence, praying, listening to worship music. He's just speaking to me. It wasn't that he wasn't speaking before. It was was in the way, or I couldn't hear it. Right? And that's what cutting away the flesh is all about. You're going to be marked by his presence this year. People are going to come up to you and say, I don't know what it is, but I've just been sitting in this restaurant watching you and your family. It's like, I don't know, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you. And you're going to go, our pastor said this would happen. Because the presence of the Lord is in my life. You're going to have these moments sitting in a business meeting where all of a sudden you're going to hear the whisper of the Lord. You're going to say, guys, I think we should uh, back away from this and revisit this at a later date. I don't think we should commit to this business proposal. And then you're going to get out of that and find out it was God saving you from a bad decision. You're going to feel and sense his presence when you worship this year. As you stand before him, even in your living room, and you just say, you know what? Instead of sitting here watching TV, wife and kids are out, I'm going to just turn on that little worship thing, and I'm going to just sit here before the Lord, and I'm going to just worship a little bit. You're going to feel him come into that place. It's not that he wasn't there to begin with. It's that you finally gave space for him to communicate with you. It's going to be magnificent. And you're going to have downloads of understandings about purpose and what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And, and understanding why this thing hurts you so bad and how you can overcome it. He's going to give you downloads. And here's the third thing that I would teach you. Excuse me, Galatians 5. I didn't give you the passage for this. This is a great passage. Those, chapter 5, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sin nature with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, when we crucify the flesh, it helps us keep in step with the Spirit. That's the piece I'm trying to teach you. And then let's go to number three quickly, because I want to be honorable to your time here. Number three, cultivating His presence is you got to commit to worship in His Word. Commit to worship in His Word. I've learned that over the years. The reason why I sit on the front row is because I want to get as close to the front because I'm that kid. I'm the kid that that teacher would always move me from the back row to the front row in class. Any teachers know what I'm talking about? What that, the reason why they would always take me from the back row of the class to the front row, because I'm easily distracted. So if I see another kid writing something, I'm trying to see what he's writing. And, and, and I'm not even hearing the teacher, so she would move me. I wasn't a bad kid, I just was easily distracted. So she put me on the front row so I could concentrate on what she was teaching or what he was teaching. The teachers always did that. I sit on the front row during worship because I don't want any, because if I see you pick your nose and then worship, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be distracted by that. I'm going to be like, that's gross. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find you a Kleenex and hand it to you, tap you on the shoulder. Here, you need to get that booger. I can see it from back here. I'm going to be easily, so I come to the front row, and the reason I do that, and you'll see me, I just, where is got why? Because I know that in worship is where his presence does abide. I know that when I can get my attention off everything else and just proclaim how good he is and how magnificent he is, all of a sudden I feel the closeness of him in my life. I feel him standing there speaking to me, loving on me when I get in that place where I silence everything else and I begin to proclaim his goodness over my life. I can feel his arms around me. I do it while I'm driving in my car. People think I'm crazy going down the interstate. They're like, what is he doing? Because I'm just worshiping God. Sorry. I'm just loving Jesus. Why? Because I've learned to cultivate his presence. And then when I read the word, when I get down in the word, I start. uh, Sometimes the first four parts, I'm like, I don't even know what this means, God. My brain is not here. And then I just keep reading. I just keep kind of grinding through. And all of a sudden, it starts coming alive to me. It comes alive. And I can hear his voice. And I start getting revelation. Many of you come up to me after service and you say, 
you have no idea what you said was straight to me. How did you know I was going through that? I've had I, about every Sunday somebody does that. Let me back you up. I'm before the Lord worshiping. Then I'll get in my Bible and I'll start reading. And he'll say, I want you to share this with my people. I'll get a scripture. Ooh, that's amazing. That's so good, God. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I want you to share that with church on the hill. Okay. So where do I hear his voice? I hear his voice while I'm down in that word. And guess what? That ends up being that message for you. And you go, how did you know? I didn't know anything. I was just reading the Bible. You'll start reading the Bible. It'll help you make better business decisions. You start reading the Word of God, and you won't be spitting and fighting and cussing with your spouse. Come on, somebody. You start reading the Word and getting down in you, and you're just like, man, I didn't beat my kid today. That's amazing. I had grace today. It's supernatural. Would you stand with me all across the room as we close today? How many of you are going to stand with me and believe for His presence every moment of the day in your life? How many of you accept that as a word from the Lord, that 2019 will be marked by his presence? Would you, would you receive that with me? Would you lift one hand up right where you stand? Father, I pray for every man and woman that's part of our community of believers. We call it Church on the Hill. God, I pray right now that you would mark us with your presence. Lord, in a way that we've never felt or sensed before. God, I ask you in this holy moment to set the vision clear for them. That, Lord God, when we're three months, four months into 2019, and we feel frustrated and tired, ever-present, and we want to quit on you, Lord, I want us to remember this word, that you're an ever-present help in time of trouble, that you're here in our midst, that, Lord God, we'll hold to the vision, that you don't plan on walking away from us, that you're there to strengthen us, to guide us, to move through us, to heal others through us. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that men and women in this group would grab a hold to the truth that you will never leave us or forsake us. That, Lord God, we commit here and now as one body to cultivate your presence, to cut away the flesh, to commit to the word, to commit to worship. Lord God, that there's not a moment of our week that we look back on and say God wasn't there. That, Lord God, there's not a moment of deception where we think he doesn't love us because we're in your presence. Lord, there's no bullies out there, no demonic forces that can push us around because our Jermaine is standing there all day long because our great God is moving through us, guiding us, comforting us, strengthening us, standing and protecting us from the evils of this world. God, I thank you right now that as one church, we submit to what you want to do in 2019, and that is to be ever-present in our lives. Would you put your hands down for just a moment? Now, if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, i got to be honest. God's not in my life. I've pushed him away. Maybe you would say, I've never been a Christian. Didn't really understand it a whole lot, to be honest with you. But today as I'm standing here, I feel God tugging at my heart. I feel like there is a God and I want him in my life. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I used to be a Christian. But truth is, I walked away from God. I, I, I'm separated. We're divorced. Life happened. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know where it happened, but I know it happened. And I don't want to live like that anymore. Friend, I got good news for you. He don't, want like, he don't want to live like that anymore either. He wants to be present in your life. He said, well, Pastor, what do I have to do? The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In other words, you don't have to perform. You don't have to give money to the church. Salvation comes. His presence comes into our life when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is the Christ. As we surrender our life to him, he becomes our Lord and Savior. 
today with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're away from God, if you've never been a Christian, I'd like to lead you into a relationship with Jesus or bring you back into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd like to lead you in a prayer of repentance, prayer of confession. I'm not going to call you forward, not going to embarrass you, not going to point you out, but I do need you to acknowledge it to yourself and to the Lord. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, that's me. I've been away from God. Pastor, I've never been a Christian, but today I want to become one. Today I want to pray that prayer. I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If that's you, with no one looking around, would you just acknowledge that by lifting your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Pastor, pray for me. It's time. I'm ready to serve God. I don't want to live like this anymore. This is my moment. I'm ready to change. God bless you. Anyone else? I see your hand. You put it back there. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Bold and courageous. Two more seconds. Two, one. Amen. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer. A prayer of repentance. A prayer of dedication. A prayer of coming to Christ. I don't think there's anything magical about the words. I think what's supernatural is God pulled on your heart and you said, yes, I want you in my life. You opened the door to him. And we're going to seal it with a prayer, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of dedication, a prayer of surrender. In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray out loud with those who lifted their hands. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, a little bit better. Jesus, today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I ask you now, to forgive me. I repent of my sin, which means I turn around and walk away from it. And today, I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I accept your forgiveness. I receive your love. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman who cried out in real sincerity to you, who prayed that prayer from the depths of their heart, not as a, as a shallow little confession, but from true in, inside of who they are. A transformation is now happening. And Lord, I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, I pray for the joy. Uh, God, I thank you for not having to, to walk out of this place wondering, man, if I get in a car accident, am I gonna go to hell? Uh, God, I thank you right now that they will know and not only do you love them, but you're present with them. And Lord, I pray that every man and woman that walks out of this place today would sense your presence. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that tomorrow morning as we're driving to work, we'd sense your presence. As we're sitting in conflict resolution with coworkers and employers, Lord, that we would sense your ever presence. God, that when we get home and we're in the living room, about to turn on the TV, we would sense your presence. God, when we sit down with our neighbors, have dinner, we'd feel your presence. we hear your voice whispering in our ear. When we read the word of God, that it wouldn't be gobbledygook, but it'd start speaking to us. Because you're there enlightening it, make it making, making it make sense to our minds. God, I thank you that we will be marked with 2019 as people who have signs and wonders. That, Lord God, that this year, that every member of Church on the Hill when we come to the end of 2019, we'll be able to stand and say, it was the craziest thing. I prayed for this lady at Walmart, and all of a sudden, her blind eye opened. I was on the phone with a friend from back in the day, and all of a sudden, they started weeping, and I had this little word for them, and they gave their life to Jesus, that signs and wonders would go before us, would follow behind us, because you will be ever-present in every moment of our life. We call these things as so in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen.